look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back here with Dave and Faisal on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. Um, Faisal, you know, we've, uh, we do the rounds about uh, four times a year with some of our key advisory members and talk about different asset classes and their performance. And Are you giddy? Are you, are you on the edge of your seat? Here? I always get a bit excited about this one. I know it doesn't really <laughs> excite everybody else in the world, but I think this is fantastic because we're going to talk Lord. about, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about fixed income, your favorite topic. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. (laughs) Can we make money in the bond market, right? I mean, we've got a rising interest rate environment. We get a lot of questions about this, in fairness. Um, Do you have have bonds in your portfolio, Fizzle? You know, we talk about that with people. Everybody thinks, wow, it's a rising interest rate environment and, you know, so on and so forth. And they do. They're an important asset class. uh, And you know what? It doesn't have to be disastrous in this particular environment, but you do have to be positioned properly. And you have to be, um, I think, a good risk manager in this particular environment to make sure that the, uh, the characteristics of the kinds of bonds you own are appropriate for the environment that we're in. I think, Dave, what we also have to realize that people are are negative on bonds because they do not have all the information. The only thing that they look at is, at this point in time, interest rates are going up in Canada, so bonds are not going to make any money. Well, you know, one of our our key bond portfolios have done very well uh, this year and for the past 10 years. And so let's let's bring on Chuck under the the show and talk to him about what's been going on and what what we can expect out of the bond market in the near future. Yeah, so we're going to be joined here by Chuck Tomes, who's been a regular recurring guest of ours. He's uh, one of the key members. He's a trader, but also one of the key members of the Manulife Asset Management team responsible for strategic income trading. Chuck, welcome back. No, thank you, guys. Always a pleasure to be here. Okay, man, we're going to start at a high level here, um, and let's just talk a little bit about um, about the bond environment maybe up to this point on a year-to-date basis, because as we talked about at the top of the segment, um, we, you know, Faisal and I get a lot of questions about, about bonds in an environment where it looks like central banks are moving towards, you know, an interest rate increasing or uh, policy. We've certainly had a couple of interest rate increases in Canada. The U.S. has, of course, raised four, five times, I have to go back, four or five, and then you know, it looks like other central banks may be following suit here in the not-too-distant future. So maybe just tell us a little bit about the environment for, for fixed income up to this point in 2017 and uh, and how you've positioned through that. Yes, and uh, again, thank you. And it's definitely been an interesting environment overall when you're thinking about how overall fixed income, the risks have really changed. As central banks for a long period of time, as we all know, have been leaning in the same direction where they were cutting rates and taking unprecedented monetary policy action by negative rates, quantitative easing, etc. That really took overall yields down substantially to historic lows, but also changed the risks that are associated with a lot of high-quality, so-called more safer fixed-income investments, and that risk really being the amount of interest rate risk that is now inherent in a lot of those securities has increased dramatically. So when we think about what's happened in the overall interest rate environment, as you alluded to, we're now in an environment that's shifted, where central banks, in a lot of cases, have changed to back away from the unprecedented actions, and some are actually even trying to tighten monetary policy, as you mentioned. So there is a changing in terms of shift of central bank policies, where now we feel there is a divergence potentially happening in central banks around the world, because not every country's economy is in the same stage of their own economic 
economic recovery of their own business cycle, so of their own uh, interest rate cycle. And because of that, we feel very fortunate that we do have a global mandate where we can really be selective in terms of where we want to shun and protect against interest rate risk in environments that you see countries that have central banks that are hiking rates. But we can also embrace a little bit of interest rate risk in other countries where they could potentially even be cutting rates even further going forward over the next 12 months. So that's one of the ways we've been protecting is really mitigating interest rate risk in certain areas of the globe and still embracing a little bit of interest rate risk in other areas where they have more favorable interest rate environments. Chuck, what did you see? So if we go back, take you back to sort of the beginning of the year in 2017 and what you guys, uh, you know, the team thought we might see this year, maybe just give us a bit uh, bit of a lockdown memory lane uh, as to what you expected and uh, what we saw. And then if there were some differences there, you know, positive or negative, what, what, uh, what were the surprises? Yeah, I'd say one of the biggest surprises was the continuation of, in our view, overreaching for yield. We understand it why uh, we understood why uh, a lot of people were reaching for yield because of the low yield environment that they were facing. They're looking at how do I generate enough income to pay for retirement or to pay for a purchase that they are looking at potentially making in the future, et cetera. But what we were surprised at was the amount of assets that were flowing into the so-called riskier areas of fixed income uh, that people were purchasing these securities, really not fully understanding the risks that come along with some of these uh, higher yielding assets. And when we came into the year, one of the other surprises um, that was a surprise to the market, we felt it was a significant risk for a good portion of the year, was that we were of the view the market was underpricing uh, the risk that the Bank of Canada would hike rates over the course of this year. I mean, when you looked even in in the beginning of June, late May, the market was only given a 5% probability the Bank of Canada was going to be doing anything. Mm -hmm. And you saw a very sharp shift after uh, Wilkins from the Bank of Canada came out and surprised the markets. And then Polos uh, basically did not walked back from her statements and, and really confirmed some of her statements. Mm-hmm. And you saw a massive shift that had a large impact on not only the um, interest rate environment in Canada, but also the Canadian dollar, which we were very happy uh, as we viewed it as a risk. We were protecting against both those risks. We were very happy we protected and limited the amount of volatility, and it gave us a good opportunity to uh, deliver on our ultimate goal, which is year in and year out, a positive return with minimal volatility. You know, uh, Faisal, I think it's interesting um, in terms of what what Chuck says, because at the beginning of this year, when he's talking about, uh, you know, high yield, so people were were buying um, lower quality corporate debt, what are called, you know, high yield or junk bonds to get a 5, 6, 7% rate of return. And the trade worked out, uh, it, it, it did work out okay uh, in that particular case. But it was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting uh, risk move to make uh, because the potential in in the high yield space, of course, if anything goes wrong, is you know the downside is much uh, much more severe as well. So, mm-hmm. what's interesting with this different uh, with the lack of synchronization in some cases of central bank policy and interest rate policy, it does present an opportunity, uh, Chuck, for you and the team to to glow to go globally, go worldwide to find. The, the kind of yield or interest rate that you want with uh, the right liquidity and, um, you know, the right kind of risk characteristics overall. Tell us a little bit about where, um, you know, where you see the opportunity globally in fixed income at this particular point. 
Yeah, the easiest way to put it is right now when you're looking from a valuation perspective, nothing is cheap. So you do need to be very selective. It's not just looking at emerging markets as a whole mm -hmm. or, as you alluded to, high yield as a whole. Uh, in both the cases, we do see pockets of uh, interesting opportunities. But overall, as an asset class, we would not be allocating just strictly um, to any, any specific asset class on a global basis. It's really at this stage of the cycle that we are in, it's about being selective. So when you look at high yield, we still do own mm -hmm. uh, and still have an allocation to high yield, but it is not in the triple C area. That's the lowest quality portion of high yield. We feel you're just not getting paid for the risk that you're taking. We're more focused on uh, companies that have very strong fundamentals. So generating strong free cash flow, looking to actually deleverage their balance sheet and potentially being upgraded over time. If we can identify those companies they're still very attractive as they get upgraded. Then you see a spread compression and a price appreciation that usually comes along with it. So those are the types of companies in the high yield space we're looking at. In the emerging markets, we do find attractive, but on a selective basis as well. Uh, a, com a country like Indonesia we find attractive, where in, in Indonesia you're getting 5% GDP growth, you're seeing inflation still below the central bank's target ban, and a current account that's gotten significantly stronger. Mm -hmm. That's important because now the country is not as influenced by external factors like they were in the taper tantrum of 2013. Well, in Indonesia, when we started purchasing these securities, we were able to buy the five-year Indonesian government bond, then it was yielding over 7.5%. So very attractive in this environment where you have a favorable interest rate environment with inflation still below the central bank's target that they stood still could be cutting rates if they need to. They cut rates twice the past two meetings. Most recently this week, they left rates on hold, and we don't see them hiking rates anytime soon. So it's still an attractive interest rate environment. So it's very selective in the environment we're in, uh, and we do see opportunities, but you need to make sure at this stage in this low-yield environment that you are getting paid for the risks that you're taking. So that's the purpose, Dave, of why we have professional portfolio managers and traders like Chuck. So there's, there's reasons why we need to have this professional group. And I think the, the one thing that people forget, individual investors forget, is that in the absence of understanding how much risk you're taking with right. your money, the only thing you look for is yield or dividend or, or rate of return. That's it. And so what Chuck just mentioned was you're getting paid for the risk that you're willing to take. And I don't think individuals really know how to assess that. So mm -hmm. I think let's go to break, Dave. Let's bring back Chuck in the next part, right after commercial, and talk about um, what, what is he, how does he measure that? How do you determine how much risk you're really taking? And then we can go from there. Yeah, and also how to position bonds in a portfolio right now. I think that's absolutely critical to, uh, to talk about the discipline of that. But before we sign off this unit, uh, sorry, this segment, Faisal, let's remind everybody about our upcoming uh, seminar because we're going to talk about income, and this is an important piece of the conversation. Income, risk, your retirement, they're all in the same sentence nowadays. Yeah. We need to figure out how do we make sure you have income for life, yet bulletproofing your retirement on Tuesday, October 24th, 7 p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine Spirit Spirit. Now you need to reserve your seats. So give us a call, 966-8400, 966-8400, or go to our website to register at morethanmoneyradio.com. All right, stick around after the break because we'll continue our conversation with Chuck Tones. We're going to talk a little bit about how to position your fixed income in your portfolio for specific outcomes. You're on News Talk 770 and More Than Money.
David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.